The following is an exclusive presentation of 680 WPTF and Applied Vision Works. This is the Building a Leadership Culture podcast, hosted by President of Applied Vision Works, Don Hadley. An in-depth look at how Don and his team help businesses reach their long-term goals. Here's the host of the Building a Leadership podcast, Don Hadley. This is Don Hadley with Building a Leadership Culture podcast. And we've got a special podcast here for two reasons. One is we're talking about COVID-19 leadership, specifically what do you do at the beginning or middle or end of a crisis in helping your team, your organization, In this case, I also believe your family community to respond effectively. The other reason this is kind of a special podcast is I have a partner, Bruce Gresham. Almost uh, for 20 years nationally, he's been coaching teams, leading teams to higher levels, not just of capabilities, but in getting absolutely world-class results. So Bruce, uh, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me on. Really looking forward to the conversation. We're certainly living through some interesting times, aren't we, Don? Absolutely. It's interesting. And I think with interesting, two words come to mind. One is pain and one is opportunity. And I think that'll be in one of the principles we talk about. There's kind of six principles we're going to kind of discuss. But before we do that, with your experience, Bruce, one thing I was curious, you and I have not had a chance to chat about this, but if you're thinking about an individual, whether they're a leader, a manager, simply a a good employee, what do you think is the single most important factor that they would need to not just get through a crisis, but also be successful and come out the other end, being a lot smarter, wiser, more effectively, et cetera? It's really about thinking about others at this time and really the health and safety of their family and for business owners, specifically their employees. And it's not just the physical health, right? That's what we're all kind of focused on trying to get through this event, but it's also the mental health and the financial health as well. And focusing in on your family and for business owners, all of your employees and your entire team and making sure all three of those things for your folks are are in good order as we work through this. You know, it's interesting. You you, you say focusing on others. And I find a lot of times when people get afraid, the tendency is to go inward and Mm -hmm. focus on themselves and have fear. And then there's kind of a rebound effect from looking inside. They go back to looking outside. And instead of of trying to focus on helping others, a lot of times they start blaming. And I think having enough self-awareness maturity to take a different approach to it can be very valuable. That's great you're bringing that up. Yeah, it really is about community right now. Sure, in many places, folks are in quarantine or in lockdown and, and need to stay at home unless they're going out for essential services like, like groceries but you really should be continuing that sense of community that you've built within your business for years and building that community type culture. That doesn't stop when this type of event occurs. You need to continue to lead with the end of the story in mind or the future in mind, if you will, that your plans don't necessarily, or your goals, your long-term goals are not going to change in this environment. How you get there and the path you take might, you know, it might deviate a little bit, but as a leader of a business and of a team, you're still doing two things right now, focusing on the physical, mental, and financial health of your teammates, and then still driving them toward that future goal. So let me ask you a slightly different question. You know, you're bringing up a lot of good stuff, but to me, part of your specialty is dealing with teams that are working on a national basis that have high impact. How would that answer change perhaps for a team? If you had a team of 20 people or 100 or 10 in front of you right now, there are a bunch of individuals, but would the the game change? 
would the factors be different you would have them focus on? No, you're still having to conduct business and move things forward. If you have an agile team that's spread out across the country, many of the tools that now everybody's using to work virtual virtually and to work remotely, you would have already had in place. And there's certainly a laundry list of tools that folks are using right now. Obviously, Zoom for virtual meetings and other ones that are out there are Adobe Connect, Microsoft Teams, and and others such as such as those. You know, if you're already working on a team with kind of a national presence that's working agile, you should be comfortable with those tools. And if not, uh, you should make them part of your your normal part of doing business. And not only the audio portion of that or the, the, the audible portion, but also the video portion and making that a part of every meeting so that you can look people in the face and see what their reaction is to the conversation and be able to pick up on body language so that you're more successful in getting that message across and you can see, you know, how folks are reacting. I think that's great advice because I know, you know, it's taken me a while to learn these tools. And as I've, I've learned them, the audio, I'm very comfortable, but the video I'm kind of still working on, although I'm on the road quite a bit. So part of it's just the practicals of how do I get a video to see me? And so anyway, that's it. But I think that's great advice that you've got there. One of the things you brought up really relates very much to principle number three. You know, the six principles we're talking about, principle number three is really the opportunity about and chaos that you need to look long term. And I know in my life, I've had a lot of things occur that weren't good. I've probably had four different instances where my financial, emotional health, well-being was severely threatened. And uh, if I hadn't looked long term, I probably would have quit kind of in the middle of the plan. What's been your experience with that with teams you've worked with or personally? Really, the key for any business leader in these type of situations is to remind folks that these types of storms have happened previously and we all made it through it. You know, the last one was just roughly 10 years ago in 08 and 09, and it was awful. It was awful for everybody across the country, but that passed and we all got through it, maybe a little bit scarred and very much battle tested from from that time across the, the country. But Think about how fun, let's call it 2011 to just recently was, and how fun it's going to be when this economy comes roaring back when we get through this crisis. I I love the words roaring back. I'm actually 100% invested in stocks at the moment. And I had a conversation earlier today with somebody and they were kind of asking and I made that comment. I said, I'm absolutely confident things are going to come back. I remember when I first got into business, 1987, Real estate supposedly would never come back. 1991, there was a crisis. 1997, there was the currency crisis that started in Thailand, the year 2000. So, you know, if you go back, uh, Gordon Steele has a good book that talks about really the economic history of the Western Hemisphere back when crops, in many regards, were the currency. And there's always been cycles, uh, but the cycles have been huge. Very, very dramatic wealth building, very, very much uh, wealth destruction. You know, back in the old days, the Indians would be attacking or a plague would have been ravaging its way through Atlanta and everybody would be hunkered down. So in some ways with the internet, we've got a much, we're more capable of handling some of these issues. 
you know, you bring up a great point, right? Is folk, there's the old saying that folks that don't learn from history are are apt to repeat it, especially the the mistakes. And as we're going through this crisis, I I think about while this coronavirus or COVID nineteen is much more serious than some of these others in the more recent past. I'm going to mention, but you know, it seems like we go through these these cycles of different epidemics or pandemics every five years. There was the avian flu, swine flu, Ebola a few years ago, and they eventually pass and and were able to get through it. You know, this one obviously mirrors more what happened in 1918 back toward World War One with the the Spanish flu. And this is, again, much more severe than the most recent outbreaks that we've had of of different viruses. But the country got through 1918, had the roaring 20s, um, obviously followed by some tougher times and then a huge bounce back, you know, during World War II and, and really for 50, 60, 70 years after that with some just minor blimps along the way. But it really is an opportunity to still lead. You still do the right things the right way and care for uh, your family and, and your team and your community the same way that you always did. But it's an opportunity to really reset and get ready for when things um, start to return to normal and start to take off again. I don't, I don't know if you look at it this way, but in some ways we've talked about not just principle three, the fact that opportunity abounds in chaos, you should look long term, but you know, the first principle that, that we were going to talk about was the darkest night does end. And when I think about that is somebody made the comment, well, when we get through this, we'll start planning what we need to do. And the reality I happen to believe is we can actually start planning right now for what we're going to do when we get to the other side of this. We don't know the amount of time. It's probably not two weeks, but we don't know if it's two months or six months, nine months, a year. But we can actually plan now because we know certain things will occur, certain things will happen that we can rely on. We're still going to be human beings that have needs, wants, desires, and building a vision with the team, with the organization, with your family of as we get to the other side, let's make sure we begin to do these things, not just to recover, but also to be successful, to compete more effectively in the national, the global economy, but also to be able to prevent next time another crisis occurs, whether it's a virus or something else. Right. So You're exactly right, Don. I mean, now is the time to plan for when things become back to normal, if you will. And then once things are back to normal and we can all kind of peek our heads out again, that's when you begin to execute so that you stay ahead of the competition and that clients in the marketplace know you're ready to go. And how you do that is, you know, everybody's still hunkered down and and focused on caring for their family and their teams and their community, but you still need to have conversations with clients. Let them know that if maybe business is suspended or slowing down now, that you're still here to help if they need it, and then that you're going to be able to provide them proof points of how you're getting ready for when things start to crank up again. And I think part of what you're also relating to relates to the principle number two is that we need to instill confidence. We need to inspire people. I remember when I was back in college and I was going for an ROTC scholarship to be able to go to Notre Dame. And went through all this, you know, physical activities, these interviews, all these tests I had to pass. And I remember at one point, you know, the Marine asked me a question. He said, if you're in a boat full of Marines and 
you thought you all were going to die. There was no way out. What would you tell them? Well, my answer was, I need to tell them. I think we're all going to die. There's no hope. And, you know, I would do that because I want to be honest. I want to be straight with people because I don't see a way out. So we finished the thing. And at the end of the day, he said, Don, you did a great job at everything you did. But one piece you really goofed up on. And I said, what was it? He said, when you're in the boat, if you're arrogant enough to believe that you know the end state, the end result, you should not be leading that boat. The fact of the matter is, even if there's only a half percent chance, if you say that to your men, they may actually lose hope and not even try and do anything or may not try and search and find that one thing that'll let that half percent opportunity come through. And that's something that has stuck with me for years and years is we need to bring hope, even if we don't know the answer. And I think too often that gets lost in the panic, the terror the intellectual conversation that's that's fear-based. That's a great point. You don't want your team to be paralyzed with fear. You can spend all day right now reading about all the terrible things that are happening, or you can spend time you know, thinking about how you're going to move forward and how you're going to be successful. You know, one thing that I did early on is spent, and this was just me personally and- uh-huh internally you know speaking with my wife is i was focused on what are the symptoms and am i having any symptoms and one of the symptoms of many was you know starting to have itchy eyes or red eyes and a runny nose and that kind of oh, thing wow. yeah. well i was having that dawn and what oh, wow. what's this time of year in north carolina it's allergy season yeah and so my wife had the presence of mind to kind of pull me out of my own, my own shelf or <laughs> my, my panic room, my own personal panic room that I was having for a short period of time and say, Bruce, all that green stuff out there, that's not coronavirus. That's pollen. <laughs> oh, that's she put great. the, she put the allergy pills on the counter and said, Bruce, this is the time of year. You take one, take one every day. I bet you'd be fine. And, you know, I've been great now for a week and a half because I haven't let the pollen get to me. But you know, to your point before about folks can get inwardly focused and, and worried about you know, something that, that isn't real. Sometimes we spend too much time worrying about things that may or may not happen and, and not focused on what the actual reality is. And in in this particular case, my reality is, is hey, I'm allergic to all this pollen. I need to care for it like I do every year at this time. I was going to say, maybe we need to get you off the podcast, get your wife on it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Hey, is she nearby? Let's get her. That could be interesting. <laughs> Although you, we might learn too much though, right? So we better stay that, away from that. I don't know. That and she is, she is uh, heavily ensconced teaching the youth of America. So she's a She's a brave, brave soul, A, to be married to me and B, to be a seventh grade math teacher. And so wow. she's, uh, she's focused on uh, that, that virtual or distance learning that they've had set up now for about a week and a half. Oh, that's great. That is good. I, I tell you, I think I see so many people doing their part in new ways. I think there's going to be a lot of great wisdom that comes from this learning. Um, I find a lot of learning comes from what feels negative or feels scary, but we create new ways. Um, what is it? Necessity is a mother invention, which kind of leads to principle number four. Principle number four is improve capabilities. Take a course, read books. I know I'm listening actually to Ron Howard on a master's class I do online, and he's talking about directing movies. 
And I find, I believe a lot of the work that we do as an organization is about directing the story, helping teams tell their story and not just their past story or their present story, but write the story of where they're going with their team and their organization. And so I find it very directly related to what we do. And I'm really enjoying it with some of the extra time I've got being able to listen to Bob Igor, Steph Curry, Gordon Ramsay's on there, uh, Neil Tyson, the grass. It's, it's kind of cool. The variety of topics. Are, are you doing anything like that at all? Kind of polishing up anything or learning something new at the moment? Yeah. If folks find that there's downtime in their schedule because things are maybe starting to slow down, doing exactly what you said, this is the right time to do it, to learn more, to polish up skills, both for as an individual leader and for folks on your team. If they're quarantined, having to stay at home, not out in the field like they normally would be, they can jump on to online to learn more things. LinkedIn has plenty of online courses, anything from leadership, um, to management, to different computer skills, you know, learning kind of the Microsoft Office suite or learn how to do different things on the computer or out in the field in your chosen profession. And so if leaders can point their employees to these different online tools that are free to access right now, uh, given the, the situation that we're currently in, it's a great time to learn and to expand your horizons. You know, the one thing that uh, I'm spending a lot of time right now is I'm reading a couple different product management books that I've enjoyed in the past. A lot of my experience in the logistics, uh, shipping and mailing industry is around product development. And so I'm rereading some of those books. Some teams I know are actually virtually getting together to talk about processes to simplify, make more efficient, improve processes or communication or handoffs between teams of people. There's a plant I know they make elevator cables and they're all talking to each other on the phone instead of having a meeting. And they may be in all different parts of the plant, but they'll be talking about the same topic and trying to mutually figure out how to do it. So I think the Learning doesn't just have to be individual. It can also be as a team or a group directly impacting what's happening with the business. Um, how, how many companies don't review their websites that often? Man, now might be a good time to spend a little bit of time just taking a look at it and cleaning it up and cleaning up some of the marketing pieces as uh, things get better. Yeah, that's a so, great point. And you know, one thing to your point about company websites is many of them are not mobile optimized. So, you know, you go in on a laptop computer and it looks good in Internet Explorer or some of those other web browsers, but maybe it's not optimized for the mobile iPads or um, Great point. different Absolutely. Yeah, or phones. Uh, what I've tried to do for many years is I have a target. So I try and spend four hours a week developing capabilities in me that can also develop a capability in the business. And because I don't have the travel time, other people might not have commute time now because they're at home. Some of that commute time might be spent with family, helping out someone, but then part of that time can be added to the budget. So my time now has mushroomed to about seven hours a week that I've committed to where I'm gonna develop my capabilities in some way, shape, form. So to me, it kind of makes for a nice, easy target or goal. And then when I hit the seven hours, I stop. So I don't go too crazy on it. I have a tendency to overdo stuff sometimes. So I think setting a goal with it, make sure you get to the goal. But when you hit it, then just stop, go relax and have some fun and kind of feel like you've earned the opportunity to do that. And really around spending that, that time per week is one of the most important things we can all do 
as leaders and, and for our teams is to make sure everyone still has a routine. Right now, consistent communication, keeping a routine of, you know, even if you're not coming into the office, making sure your team is waking up when they normally do, they start their day when they normally do, you know, they get to their home office and they're ensconced and working and focused and collaborating uh-huh. together. It really, a routine is really, really important so that when we get back to normal, you hit the ground running. I really love that. And I think the routine, the habits we build, there's a, uh, I saw a couple of things on LinkedIn where some coaches are saying, hey, let's work on your habits. Let's work on your personal goals. Let's work on. And so in a way, they're helping individuals build a vision, not just of their future, but also what the habits are, the routine is that will get them there. I know it took a few days for me because I'm usually living in my car, living airplanes, being at home. It's been very strange the last week. And in some ways it should be easier, but the reality is it's actually been harder because I don't recognize the new triggers that I need to go work out, go do jump rope outside or whatever it may be. Even brushing my teeth, I noticed I haven't done as good a job on, which sounds silly, but you start adding stuff up over time and uh, it can be a real issue. So in case you're interested in my personal habits. The whole jumping rope thing, I thought that was more for, you know, more for kids and that kind of thing or boxers. Maybe you're a boxer and I didn't know it, but um, (laughs) it's a great, great point about routines. And it goes back to the physical, mental and financial health that if you're focused in on those things for you, your family and your team, that a routine can, can drive those to to still uh, maintain your health in those those three areas. So, so you know, it's funny how, as we've talked, we've kind of flowed from one principle to the other. So why don't you introduce principle number five, or maybe you've actually already done it because the words you were using made me start to think about that. And Don, we've, we've really, as you said, we've flowed this conversation through those those items. And really, you know, factor number five is really preparing now for the emotional, financial, and intellectual capital of of your team and really working through those things so that folks continue to to believe in the long-term vision of your team and of your company. And now's the time to to work on those as as we've mentioned. You know, it's funny as I've I'm 55 years old and part of me feels like I'm 19 years old and I just started my business because I'm still learning. There's still a lot I don't know. I still feel challenges. But yet I look back and I realize having done what I do for almost 35 years, a lot of what I did in my early 20s, I'm using now. It was the building blocks. Same thing in the 30s, the 40s. There's things I did last year that has made me a better person, not just in skills and capabilities, but also in terms of my attitudes, my beliefs, my willingness to trust people, to trust the world more. I feel like I'm a more deeply spiritual person, but also more a man of the world at the same time. But that hasn't come without learning. So even if somebody's adding capital, they're not sure they'll use right away. In fact, I took a stained glass class. I'm looking at a piece of stained glass. I took the class about five years ago and I made it and it gives me joy to just simply look at it and say, hey, it's kind of cool I made that thing. Does that help me in business? I don't know. But there's a lot of little things like that I've done, I think, that has made me a better person. And because people buy people, people want to work with good people, teams want good people on them, becoming a better person, regardless of what it is, over time makes a huge, huge difference. And values matter more during these times than any other time. Absolutely. Doing the right thing the right way means more in these types of moments than it does any other time. And, you know, one company that I was 
working with recently, they really had a dilemma of one of their core values is the safety and well-being of their guys out in the field. And uh-huh. as this virus was starting to spread, the business owner really was at an inflection point of, do I shut down the business now, or do I keep having the guys go out there and potentially put them in, in harm's way? And that business owner's values trumped everything else. And what he wow. found as he reached out and he decided to pull his his folks in, except those working kind of on critical path items. And uh-huh. as he found that he spoke to his clients, he found that they were all in the same situation of trying to figure out what the next steps were. And he ended up being a leader for his clients and in, in his community by saying, look, we're here for you, whatever you need, but let's map out together what these critical path items are on our current projects. We're going to focus there. And then the health and well-being of my team and, and my employees is the most critical. So for those guys who are maybe susceptible to contracting this virus, I'm going to have them stay home and I'm going to keep them whole financially so that they're not worried about their paycheck. And what he found is he was having those conversations with the clients. Uh-huh. They all bought in 100%. And that is phenomenal. And, and believed in what, what he was doing. One of the pieces of uh, in our modules is what we call the what if module. And we asked the question, what if your revenue dropped by 40%, what would you do? And it's interesting how often a team of people will you know, kind of gasp and say, that's negative thinking, it's horrible. I'm like, no, no, it's just getting ready. If it were to happen, you've got some confidence at what to do. And I think a lot of times, whether it's personal life or business, you know, if two people get married and say, oh, we'll always have a great time together, that's probably not that wise. But if they said, hey, how are we going to handle the tough stuff? How are we going to have a fight? What are kind of the rules of engagement? You know, it's not that they're planning on doing it, but they're getting ready for if that occurs, that they've got kind of a baseline or foundation, but then they can have some personal goals. Same way with a business. I think doing both sides of the equation, then there's more confidence that you can handle the good and the bad times. There's a line from a Rudyard Kipling poem, meet with triumph and disaster and treat the two imposters just the same. I actually think more businesses have been ruined by success than failure. A lot of times a success hides the problems they got and then what ends up happening is they uh, don't pay attention to what the real problems are because they're hidden and, and then it comes apart. So, And that's a great point. And it goes back to those who don't learn from mistakes are doomed to, to repeat them, uh, the same mistakes over and over again. And this is really a great time for learning for both the individual leaders and for their teams. And that way we can get ready to when this all comes back, how we expect it to, to, to start making things happen and, and driving results. So principle number six, that results matter. You need to make it happen. Or as Nike, I guess would say, just do it. Is I find a lot of times people are holding off and they're hesitating and they're waiting to take action. And what I find is that the single most important factor in getting great results is a willingness to take action, to make the mistake. And even if it's the wrong action, eventually you'll get there. There was a story of two brothers that worked for a father and they needed some geese. They had a farm and dad was struggling with the two brothers because one brother said, hey, dad, you don't give me as much responsibility as my brother. And so he sends the son down to check if a farmer down the road has, has geese. 
So he comes back and says, yeah, they've got five geese they can sell to us. And the father said, great, I appreciate you checking on that. It's good to know they have geese. So he says to the other son that he'd been given more rewards and more recognition to, that son goes down and talks to the guy that has geese, comes back and says, hey, you know, I found out they've got 10 geese for sale and they'll sell us five geese for $10 each or 10 for $8 and they can deliver them tomorrow. I asked them to deliver the five geese unless they heard from us in the next hour. If we let them know in the next hour, they'll give them to us at six bucks each. So as demonstrated by something like that, there's a huge difference between somebody relaying information, relaying data, and somebody taking the data, doing something with it, setting up something that's most likely, and then pushing forward with it. And so I find that the people that are willing to break the glass, so to speak, are very valuable as long as they're learning from their experience, because they will make it happen. They'll get the result regardless of all the obstacles. And that really goes to the fact that a decision and action today with 80% of the data is often much better than waiting weeks or months to get 100% of the data to make exactly so the right decision. You know, so because true. you can course correct when you act and you learn from the decision and you can you can course correct and and do different things to move faster and to be more agile than if you wait to have 100% of the information to make just the right decision. I love the way you said that. That was very good. In fact, with, on that note, let's close out the sixth principle. But before we leave our listeners, um, Bruce, what any parting words you would have or recommendation or action that you think they should take? It's really about communication right now and being there uh, for your teams, for your clients, and for your um, employees. And if you continually have open communication during this time, you're going to find that you're going to get out the other side of this with a stronger team, a stronger business, and an even stronger bond with uh, your clients. Bruce, if somebody wants to contact you after this, just to get your help or thoughts or chat with you, what, what's your cell phone number that would be good for them to contact you at or text you? I can be reached at 704-726-6728 or at email uh, at B as in Bruce, P as in Palmer, Gresham, G-R-E-S-H-A-M at gmail.com. Well, I very much appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule. So this is Don Hadley with Building a Leadership Culture, our special podcast on COVID-19 leadership, the six principles. We have our team right now moving at full speed to help you in any way that you need. We have a scorecard at AppliedVisionWorks.com. So we are ready and willing to help you and your team with business to hit the ground running when things return back to normal and come roaring back. My cell phone is 919-368-9008, Don Hadley. You've been listening to the Building a Leadership Culture podcast, hosted by Don Hadley, owner and president of Applied Vision Works. Questions, concerns? Please email Craig Chase at cchase at appliedvisionworks.com or call 800-786-4332. This has been an exclusive presentation of 680 WPTF and Applied Vision Works.